Good morning, Hill City. How are we doing today? It's good to see you guys. I think I'm coming back to the start. I'm coming back to the start. I got his freedom. And here we feel your heart. Your heart before us. Take me. This is all I can bring. Come on. Let me hear you. Never stop loving us. No matter how far we run. You'll never give up on us. All of heaven shall let the future begin. You'll never stop loving us. No matter how far we run. You'll never give up on us. All of heaven shall let the future begin. Let the future begin. Coming back. I'm coming back to the start where you found me. I'm coming back to your heart. Sing it out. Now I surrender. Take me. This is all I come on. This is your part. Hey, hey, you'll never stop loving me. You'll never give up on us. All of heaven shall let the future begin. You'll never stop loving us. No matter how far we run. You'll never give up on us. All of heaven shall let the future begin. Let the future begin. Sing, take me, take me, take me, this is all I, come on, let me hear you, ready, here we go, never stop loving us, no matter how far we run, you'll never give up on us, all of heaven shall let the future begin, you'll never stop loving us. No matter how far we run, you'll never give up on us. All of heaven shall let the future begin. Let the future begin. Woo! How you guys doing? It seemed, like, it seemed like we had a crowd that was kind of just chilling over there and they moved up here to the front. I think they're scared of this hat. I think that's what it is. Who's a Bronco fan in here? All right, and I know who the Raider fans, but who's the Raider fans in here? Woo! All right. Guys, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I always say this. I just love to have fun with you guys. There's nothing wrong with us praising the Lord and having fun. And though we might be playing for different teams or have a different team we root for, but we're still grounded in one God. Isn't that right? So we're going to sing this out. If you believe this, sing this with me. I feel alive. I come alive. I am alive. I'm God's great dance floor. I 
sing it. worship God as one, as one team, as Tino said. That's the most important thing, that we come together and we unify together. We lift our voices together because when we worship God together, things change. Atmospheres change. Lives change. The Spirit of God can change your life in one second, one instant. You'll be changed forever. You can change your family's life forever. You can change the people at work's life forever. Every single person you can come into contact with from that point can be changed forever just from this moment that you spend with your God. So just, just let that soak in. Just take some time to spend with him this morning as we spend some time in worship today. Just connect. However you connect, connect with him today. Amen. Please. 
fill our hearts with your love, your love surrounds us. You're the reason we came to encounter your love, your love surrounds us. Overflowing Fill our hearts with your love, your love surrounds us. You're the reason we came to encounter your love, your love surrounds
this time with him. Open up your mouth and say something to him. We just worship you today, God. We humble ourselves, God. We come before you in this place just to give you praise, Lord Jesus. Let your presence fill this place, God. Let it change our hearts. Let it change our lives, God.
Come on, ask for heaven in this place. Let heaven
Raise your hands and just give it to God. To you, God. For yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever. Amen. One more time. For yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory. It's the power, it's the glory forever, amen. God, we worship you today. Clap right now, church. Give him praise. God, we worship you this morning. May your presence be, be welcome here, God. Right now, we, just, we ask for forgiveness, God, of anything in our lives, God, that may hold us back right now, individually, God, personally and then corporately as this body, Father. Lord, may your presence be welcomed, God. May we acknowledge it this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Before you be seated, you know, we like to, um, we sing songs about God, right? And this song is scripture. And I wanna read real quick um, in Matthew 6, 19, when it talks about the kingdom, uh, the disciples, these are people who are following Jesus. They said, how should we pray? You know, like, what's the, what's the magic way to do it? And he says this. You got, a lot of you may know this if you grew up in church, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, if you grew up in um, Protestant church, Catholic church, whatever, a lot of people know the Lord's Prayer. But it says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right here, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You can say it with me if you know it. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Your kingdom come, I'm going back now, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's our prayer here. At the end of the day, that's what that song's singing about, that King, God, your kingdom would be present in this place this morning, in, 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 personally in your own life, that I can experience heaven, 
that this church this morning in this, in this cafeteria, in this church, that we can experience heaven and Thornton can experience heaven. That's our, that's our, that's our call. That's our, that's our desire this morning. And I hope you join us in that. Amen? Amen. Well, why don't you guys go ahead and be seated? Welcome to Hill City Church. Good to see everybody. Everyone doing well? Everybody give me an answer at the same time. No, we won't do that. Thank you, team. Man, good worship. I got some uh, fun announcements to give. Who likes Thanksgiving? That was pretty lame, but that's okay. They're like, I don't know. I like Christmas better. <clears throat> Thanksgiving. Christmas. All right. Real funny story the other day. My daughter comes up. She's a real inquisitive type. She goes, Dad, this is really messed up. I said, what? Why do we give Christmas presents to each other on Jesus' birthday? It's his birthday. Shouldn't he get the presents? I'm like, yes, you're right. Amen. So anyway, hopefully that makes us all feel bad. So I'm like, we're teaching her the wrong thing. All right. But Thanksgiving's cool, right? Because it's not about, hey, what am I going to receive? Hey, Mike, what do you want for Thanksgiving, right? John, what do you want for Thanksgiving? It's all about out giving out, right? It's all about giving thanks. And uh, what, we, what, we're, um, what we'd like to do here at, at Hill City this year is um, we used to do this, uh, for those of you who are new, we used, to be called Hill, um, we used to be called Thrive Church North. Up until about four months ago, uh, we launched um, formally as Hill City Church. So uh, previously, we used to um, give something every year. So in the spirit of, of our legacy, um, our, 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 our founders, our, the ones who sent us out, um, we'd like to carry that forward as well and give to something. Um, so we're going to do a couple things. Um, we'll give you more information on this, but um, I really challenge you guys. Um, you know, first of all, uh, the church is doing well uh, financially, uh, so thank you for your generosity. Um, we want to be a generous church, amen, and uh, give of our time and, and our, our talents and, and our finances even. Um, but in this time, the Thanksgiving offering is above and beyond, so it doesn't replace what you might give to Hill City Church on a monthly or, give, or a, a weekly basis, but it's above and beyond. So what we're going to do is a couple things. Um, one is we're going to partner with Urban Outreach. Um, say Urban Outreach. Um, is Isaac and Jamie here? They have a sick kid. Wow, she's on the inside. All right. Um, Facebook, I'm assuming. Oh, okay. All right. All right, all right, thank you. Um, that's my wife, so I can talk to her that way. Um, she actually talked to me that way. I was served. Um, the, uh, anyway, I'm getting way off track here. Let's bring it back. Focus. Uh, but we're partnering with them. And we don't just, this isn't a one-time thing. So we've had a relationship with them for like four or five years now. And it just sort of happened. And we're like, hey, cool, let's kind of partner with them. And it's just developed into this beautiful uh, partnership. It's not just something we do with them, but we're friends with them. Um, they have a, a great outreach in, in, uh, in Five Points, right? Let's make sure I get this right. And, um, a lot of you have been there and served there. Um, and they've actually decided to call this their home church now. And um, so um, I wish they were here. Isaac and Jamie. All right. Um, but we're going to partner with them and do something, do something great for them. Um, we'd love to give a, a lot to them and help them out. They're doing amazing things down in Denver. And it's not that far, you know, like Denver. It's, it's like 15 minutes from here. So it is our community. It's not Thornton, all right? But it's like if you go to the south side of Thornton, it's just a couple miles over, and that's where they are. Um, so they're kind of just across the border. But um, we'll give you more details on what we're giving to them. And then we'd like to do something internationally as well. Um, so we're about, uh, you know, local reach as a church. We're also about uh, global reach and global vision. Um, and so we'll give you more details on what we're going to give there. But that's sort of a TBD uh, or to be determined. 
uh, we, are, we have text to give live. If you're really cool and you want to text your money, um, I'm not that cool, but there it is. If you want to text, um, you, can, you can go ahead and put in the money and just uh, text 84... I don't know how this works, so <laughs> if you're tech savvy, you'll figure this out, all right? But you can text the amount to 84321. You can put in the number, um, and it'll give you a link, and then you have to register real quick. So uh, we just want to give you guys um, options to give. So myhillcity.org and go to give. Um, there's a link there you can give on our website and set up recurring giving. You can always give by check, cash, all the normal pieces. Um, so we're just adding this to our, to our repertoire. Uh, so this Friday, um, Bielmans, raise your hand over here, these two. Um, <clears throat> it's not about you, but it's about your house. No, <laughs> we're, doing a, we're doing a worship, am I getting this right, worship and fire? It's worship and fire, sounds good. Um, so we're going to take what we do here on a Sunday morning, and Jen and the team, um, all the beautiful things we do here, we're going to take that in, in a sort of a smaller setting. We're going to go to, uh, to the Billman's house, and we'll have this information on our website as well, uh, to do more of an intimate fireside worship and fire uh, night this Friday at 6.30. All right, you're like, at what? At 6.30 p.m. Uh, so that's, uh, that's about 10 minutes away from here, and really looking forward to that. Um, the Werntz, Werntz uh, Aaron and Kristen had a baby last night. Everyone knows, like, Aaron didn't do anything, but uh, I won't go into what he, all right, never mind. She did all the work, right? It's all good. We're growing in good ways, amen? And uh, so Gwen, uh, Gwendolyn Suzanne Werntz, um, same middle name as my wife and my daughter, so uh, Gwendolyn Suzanne Werntz, 7.45 pounds, thank you Facebook for this information, uh, and 20 inches long. I think every single baby born is 20 inches long. Um, but everything's good, they're healthy, and uh, so we're really excited for them, and um, so just a good thing. Um, and then last but not least, I'd like, love my wife to come up um, and give a quick announcement on the um, welcome Megan Frank. Thank you. Well, just because I have the microphone, I know he's already been a little long-winded, but I did want to tell you that <clears throat> I lead our children's ministry from, from preschool to fifth grade, and I just want you to know we have a very intentional program happening there. We're not, they're not just forgotten, stuck in the gym for a little playtime. We're really intentional with what we do back there, and I want you to know that I, every single week, spend a lot of time making sure that it's going to be good for Sunday. So they're learn they have a curriculum, they have a small group time, they have a large group time where they get a message, they have worship, um, and it's really important to us as a church that that be excellent. So I want you to know there's great things happening back there, and they're hearing a message, and they have a monthly... Um, Memory verse. So there's a, a little newsletter today. If you want to grab one of those, there's a place where the memory verse is on there, and we're giving you little magnets. Turn that into, cut it out, turn it into a magnet, and put it on your fridge so you can all learn the memory verse this month. So this month our unit is on honor. Last month our unit was fear. Um, so they're just really good stuff. So I want you guys to know that that's, that's not a, like a forget the kids. That's a really important thing here. So I want you to know that. So all that to say, the kids next Sunday will be filling homeless care packages. So we have little um, Ziploc bags that will have water and snacks and combs and socks and black trash bags, which they can use as shelter. Um, so we want to do something and teach our kids to care about other people and people in need and to meet a real need. So our goal is that Every family next Sunday, or maybe the next Sunday, I'm not sure how we'll do the handing out, but that you be able to take two of those bags with you so that when you're driving around and you see someone on the side of the road and your kids are like, oh, no, Mommy, look at them. They, 
they have a dog and they have nothing. Give them one of those bags. Stop and pull over and you can be the one meeting that need. You can let your kid give the package away, okay? So that's our heart behind it. We want everyone here to be able to meet an, a real need of someone in need. So that's why we're doing it. And next Sunday, the kids will be stuffing. We'll have a little um, line, assembly line, where the kids will fill the bags and be a part of that. So we've raised some money in Hill City Kids. A lot of you have brought things. Thank you so much. If you did not get to bring your items or contribute yet, I have this tub, which has a lot of room left. If you want to give some cash or change or a check or anything today, just to help us make that be successful so that we can go and meet some needs and show our kids what that looks like. Thanks. Amen. Come on up, guys. I didn't get a hand. Well, that's all right. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hey. All right. Come on up, guys. We're going to continue in our, in our worship, and um, we'll go from here and then uh, hand it off to Pastor John. Um, so I'm just going to pray for our offering. And uh, God, thank you for all the orange shirts and the ushers that are walking forward. And um, no, in all seriousness, um, God, we don't, we don't deserve to wake up this morning and be here. And God, so we, we, we just humbly thank you that we get the opportunity to worship you, to sing to you, God, to hear from you this morning. I pray for Pastor John right now um, as he speaks, God, just um, that his words would be clear, articulate, God, and that the word that he studied on, God, would be delivered clearly, God. And I pray that us as a church, we'd open up our, hear, our, our, our ears, our spiritual hearts, God, our minds, God, to be changed by you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, give Paul a hand. He needs it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Hold this for a second. You're welcome, Paul. You're welcome. Uh, we are um, continuing the series in uh, Mark, and we've been going through the book of Mark, and we are now on chapter four. And honestly, it's been, uh, I hope that it's been really challenging you more than anything else. Last week, we, we got to hear from my friend Ryan Williams, who talked about three things to happen in our lives. I hope that it impacted you, that we are interested and we're exploring and we're engaged. Three things that we need to do, interested in people right in front of us, exploring their needs and their lives and engaged how to meet those needs. Uh, last week, Ryan spoke out of uh, John and he, uh, he spoke about the Samaritan woman, how Jesus crossed the boundaries. This woman was at the well and he, he wasn't supposed to be there, but he was there. He was there on purpose. He purposely does things that we don't understand. He looked through the cultural differences, the racial differences, the religious differences, the gender differences, and Jesus crosses over boundaries. That's what he does. If we don't cross over any boundaries in our lives, if we're not putting ourselves in odd places, then we are not following just the way Jesus lived his life. He was very different. He was different than the way we think. We think very Western, systematically. All right, Jesus, give me a list of things to do and I'll check them off. That's how we do life or Christianity sometimes. We're like, all right, all right, uh, give me like 10 things to be Christian. And, and Jesus is like, I don't know what you're talking about, right? I, I want to develop, we talk about this, I want a better spiritual life. And uh, we would say, hey, Jesus, how's your spiritual life? You say around here, Jesus would answer you, what do you mean spiritual life? You mean my real life? Right? We like to separate our spirituality. Uh, this is our spiritual realm, and it's private and personal, and then uh, this is my uh, real life, and we like to split it. There's no split in the way that Jesus wants us to live our life. We, when he would say, it is your life. Your life is your spiritual life. There is no difference. The way you treat your wife is the way you treat God. The way you treat your children is the way you treat God. The way you love one another is the way you love God. 
You want to know how to love God? Love the person right in front of you that you really don't like, right? The guy, think of the person you hate the most. And you're like, I'm a Christian, I don't hate, right? <laughs> think of that person that you dislike in the, in the name of the Lord, right? It's probably persons in your family. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, no, no, right? No, that's, that's not true. I love everyone in my family except for the youngest, right? The, no, I'm, I'm telling you, there's things in our lives that Jesus crosses all the boundaries, all the borders that we have put up to get to the other side. And we, as, as people who follow Jesus, our goal is to get to the other side and put ourselves in situations that we don't want to be in. And that's what I'm talking to you about today. It's a continuation of Ryan's message. It's a continuation of Mark chapter 4. And uh, as we begin, I'm going to have Gio read Mark chapter 4, verse 21 to 34. All right, go ahead. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed, and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he said to them, with what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when sown on the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches, so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them, as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. That's the word of the Lord, right? All right, thank you, thank you. You know, as I read this, I say, thanks, Jesus, for confusing me. <laughs> like I was saying before, we as Western Christian thought, we like, like, we, even on Facebook, it's like the five best places to vacation, you know, right? We, we like the list of five, the list of ten, the list of seven, right? We, we want to know a list so we can check things off. We're like, how do I become a disciple? I'm going to look that up. Five things to become a disciple, right? This is how we, we, we are in this odd Google culture. Jesus, he's so different. He never tells us what the kingdom of God is. He doesn't say, the kingdom of God is blah, blah, blah. He always says, the kingdom of God is like, and we're like, all right. And then he starts giving just parables and images and thoughts because it's this huge understanding and he's he's trying to make this complex thing very simple and he does not want you to go home and just mark it off and say now i'm doing the kingdom of god stuff right he wants you to think about it and wrestle with what it means to to live in the kingdom of god or to follow jesus or in other words to say your salvation so what does it mean to step into the kingdom of God. All throughout the life of Jesus, he says words like, the kingdom of God is near, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand, your kingdom come, your will be done, seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus talks so much about it, but what is it? What does it mean for me, and how does the kingdom change my life and my view? And this is what we're going to explore today. I believe this is the most important yet misunderstood concepts uh, in the church today. 
We were like, oh yeah, kingdom of God. Like, when's the last time you actually thought about that? Because Jesus says, I'm here to confuse you, to make you really think deep about it so that you chase after me for it. We, we learned that in the parable of the sower. He told this really complicated parable and everyone didn't understand on purpose. Then at the end, he says, uh, he says I, I told this parable so you wouldn't understand. And you're like, that's weird. That's like, usually when I come up here and teach, I don't like teach a parable so you won't understand. And then there's these like 20 people that come up afterwards after the sermon, after everyone celebrated Jesus' awesome sermon that they didn't understand, they're like, "Woo! <laughs> so good, Jesus. That changed my life. And Jesus goes, yeah, I told it so you don't understand. And they're like, yeah, that was good, amen. They went home, right? And there was like 20 people that come up after Jesus told the parable, and they said, Jesus, I had no idea what you're talking about. He's exactly, that's why I told it that way. Because I wanted the people to know, to, I wanted the people to want it more so that they come to me ask for it and they struggle with the thoughts that i throw out there so in our lives in our faith if we're not struggling with the word of god and we just like yeah that's good jesus i have no idea what that guy's talking about that's not what he wants for your life he wants you to struggle with the word of god and what it means but this kingdom message is the most major message that jesus talks from the beginning to the end of his life and, 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 and we can disregard it or move past it. We can amen it and say, oh, Jesus, that's so good. And in doing so, if we don't grow any deeper, we're missing the point of the other half of our salvation story. See, what are we saved for? I want to ask you, what are you saved for? What are you saved into? I'm saved so I can be a good person. And that doesn't say that in the Bible, right? What are you saved for? What is the purpose of your salvation? I don't know. Jesus must really like you. Jesus must really like me because, you know, I sin a lot and, and my thoughts are all messed up. And, like, you know, you want to continue down how cool you are? You, you go down that list. You're like, why do you even save me, Jesus? Like, what are you? There's a purpose to our salvation. My goal today is that if you're a Christian in here or you're just checking this Jesus thing out, you, you get a fuller understanding of what it means to follow Jesus and you dig deeper. You're digging deep down to see what Jesus is talking about, wrestling with it when he says, seek the kingdom. So now in Mark 4, Jesus gives us a list of metaphors and images and, and, he's, and I told you, he has this cosmic understanding and he's dwindling it down to simple images so you can get a glimpse of it, so you can wrestle with it because it's deeper than you think. And, and there's power in simplicity. Steve Jobs says, focus on simplicity. Simple can be harder than complex. You have to work hard to get your thinking clear to make it simple. It's worth it at the end because once you there you can move mountains i was like steve jobs you should write for the bible right <laughs> that was good i believe if we really can understand this we will move by faith we can move mountains that's what jesus said he's just replicating what jesus already said you think steve jobs said something really cool jesus already said it right so if we believe this, we, it, it, this kingdom, this thought, it will move mountains. It will change the world. It's moving from mission and momentum. It's moving our lives forward. It's moving our family forward. It affects you. It affects your workplace. It affects your family. It affects your city. It does. And so he begins the metaphor and says, the kingdom of God is compared to a lamp. A lamp. And what do you use a lamp for? It reveals things, right? You turn on the lamp to see what's in the room so that you don't step on Legos if you're a parent. Right? You go into your kid's room, you don't turn that light on? Bad idea. It's going to mess up your foot, right? 
you run into something because they, 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 they trap it. They know how to go. They, they know how to skip through the room to get to their bed, right? You just don't know. You don't know that it's two steps this way, right? And you'll, you'll soon know as they just put stuff everywhere and boot trap the whole place, right? But Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So he's giving us his light. And I'm saying this, uh, what he's saying is, I'm revealing how to live in the fullness of life. I'm revealing this to you by showing you who I am, showing you who you are, and what you're created to be, to be. Jesus is changing the thought of what it means to be a follower of God. Back in the day, the follower of God, you you go through a list of rules and you check it off and you pretend that you can check off more rules than someone else. And Jesus, at the if you read through the New Testament, he's like, I made those rules because you couldn't follow them to show you it's impossible for you to get to God. And that was the old covenant. If you want to follow God, following a list of rules, you'll never get there. You'll never make it. That was the whole point. There was no way for you to get to God. That's the whole point. There's no way for our goodness to get to God. And sometimes we're like, oh, I'm good. And sometimes we get, we, you know, you, if you get caught up in your own goodness, you think you're good enough, you begin to live a life thinking that God owes you one. God owes me one because I've been good this year. Right? God owes you one. God owes you nothing. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that God owes you one. God, the creator of the universe, owes you one because you followed like four rules, Right? Follow one rule. There's no other God before me. Do we ever do that? Uh, I got that one wrong. Love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, you want to go through the rules? You don't want to go through the rules. It just shows you how far we are from God. That's what the rules are there to show us. So Jesus is revealing a new paradigm, a new way to view life, a new way to live. It's a new view. Say a new view. Seeing with new eyes. A new, seeing a new, a new way to look at this world. And, and when you have a dark view, you don't have a lamp that, that sh- shines. If, if there's not a light that's leading you, we might have a dim view of God. And your view of God matters. It does. Your view of God matters of how you live out your face. And I'm challenging you right now. If you have a dim view of God, it's going gonna, it's gonna to follow after all the decisions that you make. A.W. Tozer wrote this, a low view of God is the cause of hundred lesser evils, but a person with a high view of God is relieved of 10,000 temporal problems. And what he means is if you have a small view of God, he's saying this, think about this, most of our problems are not circumstantial, they're perceptual. If your problem is big in your mind, it becomes big. If your problem is small, it remains small, but it's dependent on your view of your issue. Think about that. So if you have a small view of God, this is how you view it. Two people can face the same issue, the same thing. You can have brothers facing the same thing, right? They lived in the same abusive family. They grew up in the same crazy home. And then two brothers can go through totally the same things and and have two different outcomes because of their view, because it's not only circumstantial, it's perceptual of how we see it. So in life, in faith, and in marriage, and in hardship, our problem seems really big because our view of God is really small. So we faith small, and we try small, and we pray small. And I wanna ask you, is your prayers boring you? If your prayers are boring you, imagine how much they're boring God. Like, dear God, Dear God, I pray for comfort, like nothing go wrong. 
and life be exact like it is, and, but better, like, with more money, though. And, uh, and that we have security, like, don't take away the health of nobody in my life, and everything is, like, God's like, dear God, you're boring. It's like watching the same episode of Mr. Rogers. And if you've ever watched Mr. Rogers, it's the same episode, right? You can watch the, every episode of Mr. Rogers. You can watch one of them. You watch them all. He takes off his shoes, and he does the same thing. He says, hi, neighbor. It's like this boring show. I'm like, I can't believe I watched this. And you, I've watched so many of them. I'm like, all right, the train's coming through. The th-. You know, it's like, what's, what's going on? It's the same thing, right? But sometimes we live our life like Mr. Rogers is boring. And we're like, God is so amazing. God is so good. Look at how amazing my life is. And they're like, your life is boring. <laughs> Like, what are you praying for? What are you living for? What are you striving for? What are you faithing for? That's a small view of God. But when you have a big view of God, you faith big, you live big, you pray big, you risk big because you believe God is in control no matter what happens. His kingdom will come and his will will be done no matter what. It's not because of you. It's because of God. It's different. Most prayers go unanswered because they go unasked. And God has put big vision and big life into us. And we don't pray those prayers that God should have us pray because they go and ask because our view of God is so small. Let us change the way we view it. Let's change it. Hill City family, church family, I consider you family. Don't settle for less than the life that God has for you. Don't Settle for it. You know you're not supposed to live that life. I could tell you that you're not supposed to live that life, but you already know it. It's not like, oh, God just wants me to live just whatever, you know, just to maintain. Maintain, come on. We know that we're supposed to change our city. I know for the last several years I should have made a bigger impact on the city. Not me only personally, but us together. And I apologize that we haven't. Because I understand that we need to faith bigger. And it's not good enough just to live, maintain church. We can't maintain spirituality. There is a lion that is Christ that wants to come out of our life, that wants to faith big, that will go big. That is the kingdom that Jesus is talking about in the light of who Jesus is, the lamp of who Jesus is. So he says, I am a lamp. The kingdom of God is a lamp. The kingdom of God is a tree. So he says in verse 30, and he says, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or a parable shall we use it for? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which was sown on the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when it's sown, it grows up to become the larger than all the garden plants put out large branches so that the birds of the air can make their nest, can make their home in its shade. So tree talk, he talks about trees, right? You're like, all right, Jesus, you talk about trees. When, when we read tree talk, we're like, all right, the kingdom of God is like a tree. I have no idea what you're talking about, right? But when the hearers heard this, when the Jewish people heard about a tree, they referred back to Daniel. Daniel chapter, chapter 4, Ezekiel chapter 17, where it's speaking about a tree that connects heaven and earth. The image that signifies how it used to be in creation when heaven was on earth. Yeah, heaven was on earth in the beginning. And man walked with God. And there was no death, no poverty, no hunger. Things were made right in the presence of God. And this is what the tree signifies. And God walks with us, yet man wanted more. They, wanted, uh, they thought they could be in control, that they could be like God. And so they rebelled against God, and sin enters into creation, breaking heaven from earth. There's a tear from heaven and earth, God from man, harmony from chaos, life from death, like a plant being pulled from its roots from the garden. Yet Jesus is saying, 
there is going to be a day, a one day, when there is a tree that grows from the smallest of seed, from the smallest of ground, connecting heaven and earth, bringing life again, bringing shelter again, bringing food again, and it's going to be your true home. Your home is coming back. And Jesus is explaining just a little bit what it means for the kingdom of God. This tree is the kingdom of God, and it's on its way to bring back heaven, to bring us back home, making things right again. And Jesus says, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. So now, how does this apply to us today? How does this, this tree, this grain mustard seed, and this lamp apply to us today? Number one. Number one, if you have notes, please take them. Salvation is not the end, but the beginning. Salvation is not the end. If you think it's the end of your faith, you are so mistaken. You're missing half of your faith. Salvation is not the end, it's the beginning. Your salvation is knighthood into a kingdom under a king. That is what your salvation, which means your salvation is your entry, not your exit. Sometimes it's got, oh, I just want to be saved so God can take me. Like, you, you, listen, you listen to, like, uh, uh, I shouldn't say this, uh, but older Christians, they're like, I can't wait till Jesus takes me because this world is hell, right? They're like, thanks. I can't, you know, you're going to, this could be so rough for you. It's the worst for you. And I get what they're saying, but they're not understanding the full kingdom of God that is in the Bible. That we are supposed to bring heaven down. They're not understanding that part. They're, they're understanding uh, salvation as an exit when Jesus says salvation is an entrance into the kingdom. It's a walk-in. It's your ticket in, not your ticket out. And so it's, it's, it's salvation is an awakening of your spirit. It's bigger than you, bigger than your forgiveness, bigger than your blessing, bigger than your healing, bigger than your family, bigger than your life, bigger than your heaven. Salvation is an initiation into God's purpose. That's what salvation is. To continue what Jesus has started, restoring the world, rebuilding relationships, and making heaven tangible. That is your goal. That is part of your salvation. That is what you're saved into. Listen, and we say this around here, Christianity is not escapism. It's entering into life like you never have before. Christianity is not escapism. I'm going to tell you, it's not your way out. It's not escaping. It's to enter into this life like you never have before. Have you ever been to a wedding where everyone's dancing except you because you don't want to feel awkward? You're like, because you know you have the weird moves. Like, you know, you're like, oh, they don't want that. They don't want, they don't want none of this, right? So, uh, so like, I, I remember most of our marriage, Candace hates dancing, right? And she never goes on the dance floor. So I get all crazy. I'm like, woo, 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 you know? And she's like, don't. <laughs> don't do that, right? I said, come on, like we were in the clubs, right, baby? She's like, shut up, John. And, 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 but, but I'm like, dancing is so much fun. You just don't know it yet. And this last, uh, we, we've been going to weddings. We, oh, uh, Gino and Micaiah's wedding. Yeah. And we had a dance-off. No, we didn't. And, uh, no, and we went to Katie's wedding. And Candace just started to dance. I was like, there's such freedom when you finally step out of your fear and get on the dance floor and just go for it. And God is saying the same thing. We're so sit back. I wonder what people are thinking. I don't really want to dance. I don't have the steps. I don't really know what I'm doing. Uh, they're watching me. I got weird moves, right? All I know is the robot, right? And, and God is like, jump, get in on this, on the dance. That is salvation. 
get in on the dance. If your salvation is boring, I just want to say, you're boring. Right? That's what I tell my kids. Dad, I'm bored. It's, I, it's, I, I'm not the nicest dad. It's, I said, it's because you're boring. I'm not bored. Right? And they're like, shut up, dad. They don't say that. They think that, though. I know it. I know what you're thinking. Right? But jump in on this dance. Isaiah 61, 1-2 says this. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Think about that. God's spirit is upon your life. Not so you can live just the normal life like everyone else. Why would the Spirit even need to be upon, uh, be on your life if you're going to just live like everyone else, like if you're going to live the boring life? What does it say it's upon me? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, proclaim the captives will be released and the prisoners will be freed. He sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. So what he's saying is saying, we are good news to the poor. You are either good news or bad news. You're either good news or bad news at work. I'm going to just call you guys out. Some of you guys are bad news at work. People are like, oh, here comes Megan again. <laughs> Some of us, we're bad news at home, right? We come into entrance, all our kids, they're like, no, this fun is dead. <laughs> like they leave because we're bad news. I want to ask you, are you good news or bad news wherever you are? Are you good news or are you bad news? When you walk into the house, do your kids believe that you are good news in the home? Then it says, we are God's comfort to the brokenhearted, the depressed, the lonely, the marginalized, the forgotten. We are God's freedom to the captives, to those who are trapped by sins, mentally and physically, trapped by poverty. Yes, you're called to the poor. You are literally called to the poor. Period. That's it. How many times does Jesus actually have to say that before we actually pick that up? Yeah, you, I know what you mean by the poor. Like, uh, you know, we make stuff up that fits our life. No, I, exactly what Jesus is saying in here. We're, we're, we're called to people who are trapped by poverty, trapped literally in prison, in sex trafficking, straight up slavery, in the foster system, in abusive relationships. We are the kingdom of God and you bring heaven down. That's it. You bring heaven down. You bring heaven down down that is your calling that is your life that is what god is calling you into that is what salvation is for so salvation is not an end but a beginning and number two and i'll be quick salvation is not up it's down and i want us to get this because it changes everything in a book I'm reading called Center Church, it says, because Jesus was king who became a servant, we see a refusal of, uh, a reversal of values in his kingdom. Though Jesus was rich, he became poor. Though he was king, he served. Though he was the greatest, he made himself a servant of all. He triumphs over sin, not by taking up power, by serving sacrificially. He won through losing everything. This is the complete reversal of the world's way of thinking, which values power, recognition, wealth, and status. The gospel then creates a new kind of servant community, which means a new kind of church with, uh, with people who live out their entirety alternate way of being human. Racial and class superiority, accrual of money, power at the expense of others, yearning for popularity and recognition, all are marks of living in this world. They represent the opposite of the kingdom of God. Upside down kingdom. Say upside down kingdom. 
That is the kingdom we live in. Everything the world says is awesome, flip it. That's what Jesus says is awesome. And it's going to be hard for us to swallow because we are Americans. We, what, what, what do we lack? What do we lack, right? Mark 4, 24 to 25 says, pay attention, Jesus says, to what you hear. And I'm asking you to pay attention right now. This is huge. With the measure you use it, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. It's, he's confusing. For the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Jesus is saying, if you follow me, you have to play by new rules, kingdom rules. The measure you measure to others will be measured to you. I'm like, thanks, Jesus. Triple measure, right? I, I'm, I'm trying to follow. Meaning, the people, who measure, the people who give the most will have the most. The way to fullness is emptiness. Verse 25, givers give more and more they have to give. Graspers have less and less they have to grasp. Try it. It works in your life. It's so true. How does this apply to us? And I want to say everywhere. In knowing God, think about this, knowing Jesus. How do you grow in knowing Jesus? You can read, you can study, you can do all these things, and which I do, right? I was telling Christina yesterday, I'm a, I get paid to be a Christian. I'm a professional Christian. I'm like, dear God, help me, right? I'm a professional Christian. God, help us. But in knowing God, if you don't give it away, if you don't share Jesus due to fear, self-consciousness, or laziness, you will never grow any deeper. Bottom line. You're saying, why am I still here? It's because you're not sharing it. You're not growing it. Because in your releasing, in your pouring out, you are poured in. That's what God is saying. Think about it. You think that people lead groups and, and teach classes because it's, uh, it's good for the people who receive it. There is no one who receives more than the person who's teaching it. Is that true as teachers? Some of you guys are teachers all over this place. You know the information more than your kids. You should know, <laughs> by the way. But you, as you pour out, there is no one feasting on the word more than me today because I had to study this all week long. I got more out of this than you. I don't care how much you get out of it. I still got more out of it than you in your face, right? But in the same way, group leaders, life group leaders, our teachers in all these classes, they are getting more out of it. You think they're pouring out their life, oh, pour them. Actually, they're being poured in by God. And they are growing in the knowledge of God in that way. It is in your emptying, you're being filled. In your going, you're growing. In your fasting, you're feasting. In relationships, think about this. If you are looking to get your needs met, and some of us, we're so that way. You, if I, I'm going to have friends, they need to be like this, this, and this, and they need to meet this. Every, everything is so conditional on your life. It's so crazy. You wouldn't even like a friend like that, right? Would you like a friend? Would you make yourself your best friend? Right? I'm like, John, would you be best friend? Maybe. No. <laughs> right? But think about that. If you wouldn't make yourself a best friend, why would someone else want you to be their best friend? Right? It's because we make our life so conditional. We put this, this, and this. you got to fit this, this, and this, and then you can be my friend. Those people will never have, their needs will never be met. You'll always be lacking. But the people who choose to serve in relationship, go, give of themselves, build others up, they're so relationally full, and you can see it in their lives. You're like, why do you have so many friends? You know why? Because they love people differently than you. Why are they full of people in their lives? They're just different than you. In money, people think the Bible teaches you give to get, right? No, you give to give. You give to give. In your giving is how you only will become really rich. Rich in faith, rich in purpose, rich in relationally, rich in mercy, rich in life. All the things that you can't really pay for. 
is by your releasing. It's only in your giving away that your soul will not be mastered by money. I'm telling you, uh, the American culture, we are so mastered by money, and it's the very thing that's rotting our soul. Ooh. If you give to get, you think you're playing God? God's like, I don't, I'm not a fool, right? You can't play me. If you're giving to get, hopefully you're getting, then you're not really giving. You give as a releasing, saying it's all yours, God, anyway. In happiness, I, I like this one. I wrote it out. I'm going to read you every part of it. If you want more happiness, don't chase after happiness because the biggest problem of my happiness is me. So to focus on me, my life, my cause, my happiness, just cause, causes more unhappiness because me and my unhappiness is the issue of my happiness. You, you with me there? No? But you get me, right? It's so crazy. We're like, I, wanna, I need to be happy. My purpose is to be happy. And that's causing your direct unhappiness. Go beyond that. Think beyond that. It's all upside down, Jesus is saying. The way up is down. The way to find yourself is to lose yourself and to God and others. The way to be free is to go to God and say, take all of me. Take dominion and control over my life. That's how you become free. It is. The way to save your life is to lose it. It's a new way of living, and this is the king's calling to us. The kingdom we are a part of, it is an upside-down kingdom where the king serves, the judge is judged, the poor is rich, the forgiven is forgiven. To man, to have more, you have to lose more. This is why the church exploded during times of crisis. Think about when the church exploded in the history of Christianity. Think about it. You think the church exploded when the church was going good and things were awesome? It's crazy. The church grew in the first two, two millennia uh, from uh, 100 to 300 from uh, 20,000 members to, uh, no, it was, uh, it was something like 15,000 members to uh, 20 million members in, two, in 200 years. It's just insane. And it was the hardest point to be a Christian. It would absolutely cost you everything. Where in the world right now is the church growing? Bam, right? But it can be. I bet one day it will be. But in China, in Africa, in the Middle East, in the Middle East, yeah, where they're being attacked and killed for their faith, that's where it's growing. And when we're comfortable with our faith and we think the kingdom of God is easy and it costs us nothing, and I'm sorry that I speak this week after week, but I believe once we get this upside-down kingdom, we can change our world and that you would be truly rich and truly full. That's what I long for your heart. Not so we can play Christian and sit back and say, Jesus, you did so good. I really love that message, Jesus, and go home and it doesn't change your life but it's a wrestle within and it hurts right now like medicine, but as it goes down, it heals the soul. We need the kingdom of God. It, it grows in plagues and in hardship and crisis and persecution and in poverty, not in security and comforts. That's when it dies. God is calling you and me to a different kingdom. Let's stand. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. I want you to think about it. I don't want us to just go home and say, that was good, John. Like, you said some stuff, and, and that was cool, and you gave hands to Jesus. Like, great, yay, Jesus, boo, devil. I don't want you to do that. I want, I want us to really come to a place where it challenges our very life, the way we live, the way we think, the way we move forward. 
The kingdom of God is way past Sunday morning and it's way past your life. And if you're thinking of how a good God's kingdom should affect your life, we're already thinking wrong. It has to think beyond you right in this moment. It's upside down. Everything is upside down. It's crazy. That's how even marriage works. You want the best marriage ever? Become a servant. That's how faith works. You want the most out of your faith? Man, be a servant. James said it. First Peter said it. It says, humble yourself. Peter says, under the mighty hand of God. James says, humble yourself in front of the Lord. And he will lift you up. And I believe that God is wanting to lift up us from a place of viewing things to a new view, a new kingdom, a new way. And I hope that if you've never heard it this way before, I hope it's challenging the way you think and you're placing how the Bible speaks into its place, like puzzle pieces coming together. That's what God is doing, taking something so vast and complex and he's taking it into an image of a tiny seed that grows into a tree, a tree that connects heaven and earth. And Jesus said, that is the tree that I died on. When Jesus died on the cross, it was the very tree that connected heaven and earth and he was fulfilling the prophecy of Daniel and Ezekiel and in Genesis. And he's saying, on this tree, I am reconnecting heaven and earth. I am bringing heaven down. All the, he says the veil was torn from top to bottom. God the, tore the veil saying there was no separation between heaven and earth. I am bringing my kingdom down. And we can either be a part of that kingdom or we can make up our own way, our own kingdom. But I'm asking you, I'm asking you, can we look at our salvation as an entrance instead of an exit plan? As Jesus died on the cross, there are some of us in this room, we're very far from God or we have never made Christ king of our lives. Not just savior, but king. And if you're in this room with all heads bowed, and there's no magic prayers or no magic raises of hands. But if you want to start this journey and say, Jesus, I am so far from you. I am so far from the thinking of this kingdom. And I don't care how long you've been uh, saved or in Christian church. But if that's you, just raise your hand. Say, you know what? I need a new God. Give me that new view. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all over this room. Heavenly Father, you can put your hands down. Heavenly Father, I pray for every hand that was raised that's saying, God, I choose you, God. I need a new, I need to become a new creation, a new view, a new man that's not the same as everything in the world, but a new way of living, God. A new way of forgiveness. I need to restore your kingdom in my life. And I believe for many of us who've been walking with Christ, God is call, recalling us. He's calling us back to this way of kingdom purposes. Heavenly Father, I pray as we leave today that we are not just challenged by your word. Being challenged by our word is just nothing, God. It has to go deeper than that. We have to return back to you, God, and ask, what is this about? Explain to me, let it go deeper. Put the seed deep into the ground, God. Dig down deep so that we actually get to the other side, that we move from where we are to the other side, God. Move like how we think and it changes our thinking. Moves from how we treat our family and it changes that, Lord. How we free treat our workplace and it changes that, God. I pray that we would be good news, kingdom news. God. Heaven 
come down today, impact our lives. And as we leave today, we keep on questioning where we are, God, and how the kingdom applies to us and how it's played out. Saved into what? Saved for what, God? I pray we keep asking that question. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Thank you guys for coming. Thanks for being here. And God bless you. Give God praise. God is good. I pray that you guys get into a life group, get into a group, get into knowing people deeper. Don't stay on the outside. You're called into people's lives. Bottom line, God bless you.